Welcome to the Midlife Chaos Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Michelle, a certified life and relationship coach, and I am so excited that you are here. The Midlife Chaos is for all of us facing midlife and wondering, how the heck did I get here? And where the flip am I going? Here we will talk about all the things that chaos brings. No topic is off the table, so join me on this adventure as we navigate the midlife chaos. It's October, witches! Hey, I just got back from the most transformative time in Mexico. It wasn't the toes in the sand, relaxing time that I had envisioned. It was in the jungle, hot, with 150% humidity, on a hill that I had to hike up and down to get from my outdoor casita hut to where the activities and classes were being held. But I really dug in deep and learned some hard truths about myself. We did breath work and meditation and channeled all our inner witchiness. We were there over the full moon and there may or may not have been some howling at the moon. Okay, so last week's episode talking about friendshipping, I said that I would be pushing myself out of my comfort zone and trying to put myself out there as far as being more proactive with meeting new people. A few years ago, my kids went to Trek. And for those who don't know what that is, it's basically like a three-day camp out where the youth of our church dress up as pioneers and reenact some of the experiences that our pioneer ancestors went through on their Trek West. Well, Colton at the time was a super shy kiddo. I mean, super shy. Like he could not go into a restaurant and say, oh, there's six of us to eat. Like, what if they said no? What if they asked me more questions? Like he was super shy. And he decided that he was going to meet and get to know something about every single person that went to Trek that year. For example, it wasn't good enough to just meet Sister Cindy Parker, who is so fabulous. But he also learned that she loves to dance. So he did that he went around and he came home knowing something about everybody at Trek. And when I went to go pick them up at the end of their little trek journey, I was hearing about coal money and coal money was so fun. And I'm thinking, who the heck is coal money? And because he had met every single person, everybody had a story about him. And he earned the nickname coal money and people still call him that. We actually ran into a family at Walmart, um, probably a couple months ago, They had moved out of their area to a neighboring town, and so they aren't in our church group anymore. And they still came up to him and said, hey, it's coal money. So if Colton could come out of his shell for that activity, so could I at my my retreat last week. I'm guessing that the reason this seemed especially difficult for me was the content and setup of this retreat was a little bit out of my comfort zone. I was going not knowing anything anybody. There was a total of just under 50 people. I'm thinking there was 42 participants and seven of the staff with the group who was hosting the review with the retreat, excuse me. I was also um, super well aware that my cultural, political, religious views were pretty much the opposite of the crowd that I would be hanging out with. But I went completely open-minded and willing to have conversations and be open to new ideas and, if nothing else, respect where they're coming from and agree to disagree on a number of things. Actually, I never really came across anyone wanting to debate me on things. 
I mean, I swing mostly right-winged politically. I'm LDS, which is a pretty oppressive religion. We work in the oil field, you know, big bad oil. And it wasn't until someone said, oh, you're an Aries. And I was like, wait, what? I'm totally offended. Like, which was hilarious because here I am, the opposite of all these views. And the fact that I was an Aries is what offended me that someone had brought up. So anyways, I got to learn all about natal charts and all that too while I was gone. So that was super fun. Um, But I had decided that at the meals, I would pick a table that had one seat left and I would ask if I could join them. You see, I'm typically the girl that I like to pick the table that nobody is at yet and then let it fill up by default around me. Okay, so that wasn't so tough. The first few meals, everybody was just super excited to meet everybody, and they were all so welcoming. Um, But a couple of days in, I started inviting people to go to the meal with me. Like, oh, I haven't seen you all day, or we haven't done a partnered activity yet. Let's you and I have lunch, or whatever meal together. Um, I would also join in in conversations that I would probably normally sit out thinking, oh, they're already talking, I don't want to interrupt or whatever. I had totally psyched myself up as this super intimidating thing. And guess what? It wasn't so hard after all. Now, I did experience some rejection. Um, what I think probably the first day or two, I'd gotten into a conversation with somebody. Um, there was a small group of us, but it was mainly me and another girl having a conversation. And it was a lot of um, questions. Well, how do you feel about this? And how do you feel about that? And we were having this great, um, not debate, it was like really just an, a questions for understanding type of type of conversation. And we got interrupted. And so we were like, okay, we really want to continue this conversation. And by the next day, it was like, we got to have a meal together. We got to, you know, plan some time so we can keep that conversation going. Um, And so we kind of said that a few times. And I kind of was taking a step back thinking, okay, if she really wanted to continue this conversation, I'll let her seek me out instead of me like interjecting and like really forcing this issue with her. So she had come up to me um, during one of our activities. And she was like, okay, I'm saving a seat for you at dinner, because I want to finish this. And I'm like, heck, yeah, I'll totally sit with you at dinner. Well, by the time I got in there, their table was full. Didn't think much of it. No big deal. And she made it a point to come to me and was like, I tried to save you a seat, but it just got full. And I'm so sorry. And I'm like, you do not have to apologize to me. But that like totally made me feel good. Like, oh, she was thinking about that. And she was really trying to honor that invitation. Um, Another thing that I got, you know, had to experience some rejection on, not that that one was really rejection, but I kind of thought it was. Um, So we were doing a meditation. And at the end, the instructor told us to think of five things that we're taking home with us at the end of the retreat. Then we were to partner up with somebody, not the person you're sitting next to, or that you typically have your meals with, but really try to find the one that you're like being magnetized to. And so I looked around the room and I chose a girl that I had connected with, but her and I hadn't done any partnered work yet together. Um, We had had meals together. We had a great rapport. And so when I went up to her, I was like, hey, you and I, let's partner up. She looked me in the eye and said, "Mm, yeah, I'm not really feeling it. I don't really feel drawn to you for this activity. And I said, hey, I really appreciate your honesty. And then I went to find a different partner. Now in the inside, I am feeling like I totally got a punch to the gut. I start analyzing every conversation that we had had. I was thinking over our lunch and the conversation that was there. And maybe, you know, it was somewhat controversial and she wasn't at our table, but maybe she had overheard the conversation and was upset by it. 
And so I go into this, maybe she never really liked me in the first place and made it this big old thing. Then I noticed that she told the next person who asked to partner up that she wasn't feeling them either. So I was like, okay, at least there was a little sense of relief there. Like maybe it wasn't me after all. Maybe she was just going through something, but I'm still analyzing everything because that's what we do, right? So the activity ends and she had been positioned to be in the row right behind me. Um, And so, you know, the activity is done. I start rolling up my yoga mat and cleaning up my space. And she comes up and she just starts talking to me about all the things. How was the activity for you? How'd you feel going through it? How was your partner? And I realized that the partner that she ended up being with was exactly who she needed to partner with. And the girl that I ended up partnering with was exactly who I needed to be partnered with. So I guess my lesson here was we don't know what people are always going through. We don't know what is in store for us or even that we may need something in a certain situation. That activity played out exactly the way it needed for all of us, all of us involved. And I wanted to make that rejection about me and think of all the ways that I had caused her to not want to be a partner with me. I had this story all built up in my head that really had nothing to do with what was really going on. I think that happens often with us, us women especially. We reach out to somebody and it may not be good timing for them and they decline our offer. But guess what? It really could be that they have something else going on and are hoping that you invite them again. It really could be that they had been saving that seat for somebody and maybe that person comes late or didn't show up after all. Maybe they are just needing some space that day. Whatever it is, take them at face value and don't make it about you. I also wanted to say last week's episode, I talked a lot about having lots of friends, and that doesn't need to be the case for everyone. There is something so special for people who have their group, their tight-knit tribe. Those are their people. I've told my kids since they were little, you do not need to be friends with everyone, but you do have to be kind. And I was just wanting to get across that if you're struggling to make friends or or maybe you feel like you don't fit in, that maybe you need to put yourself out there just a bit. So I took Colton's example and put myself out there and I came home with some incredible connections. I will forever be grateful for the experiences that I had in that Mexican jungle. So today's topic is sex. People have been asking me, when am I going to get to the good stuff? Especially those people who know that talking about sex is my favorite thing to talk about. So let's just jump on in. And speaking of Colton, I've got a story for you. Okay, this is coming from a text that I sent to a friend of mine, and I've also shared it in a Facebook group I'm a part of. So if you've heard this story, I apologize. I think it's freaking hilarious. So I share it often, I guess. All right, so here we go. So yesterday, we're cleaning out our uh, quote-unquote toy box. We threw out a few items we just don't use anymore, etc. Got all the keepers plugged in and charging. The drawer is now all cleaned out and organized. I should say we put the throwaways in a grocery bag, tied, and then placed in the kitchen garbage. Well, later that evening, my 17-year-old son goes to take the garbage out. He stops, wide-eyed, looked at me and said, what did you and dad throw away? Okay, I should also say him and his dad went to run errands earlier, and he was tasked with finding the car keys in our room. I tried to convince them, just take my car. Stop looking for the keys. It's fine. You can have my car. So he is looking at me with a smirk. And I say, what's up? 
Colton hands me the garbage bag and it is vibrating. I said, trying to be totally unfazed. Oh yeah, we threw out a few things. He says, and then plugged everything else in? You threw away a perfectly good pleasure toy. I am dying. I should be totally embarrassed because the missionaries are over. Except they were here the day my new kakuri board showed up my daughter ordered for my birthday. Anyways, we are way too open at our house. My 15-year-old daughter is totally grossed out. How do you just throw it away in the kitchen? You didn't think we would see it? Uh, no, sweetheart. I thought it didn't work, which is why it got thrown out. So, let me ask you, how have conversations around sex changed as your kids have gotten older? When the kids were all young, we did the age-appropriate conversations. We let them lead the discussion by asking the questions. We always told them if they ever had any more questions, they could come talk to us. Well, poor Jaden was super innocent. That kid must have worried and pondered about the topic of sex for a solid two weeks after our initial birds and the bees discussion, because he would come up with the most random questions. <laughs> like, how does the penis know where to go? Oh, yeah, he it, it knows, it knows, you know, and then he'd say, well, how do you know when the sperm has come out? Oh, you'll know. Yeah, yeah you'll definitely know when that happens. And we used to watch this show. It was like, I was pregnant and didn't know it or something along those lines. And he would get so irritated. Like, how did they not know that she was pregnant? They had sex. And then I realized, oh, we never addressed that part of it, that mommies and daddies enjoy it and do it for pleasure, not just to make babies. Poor kid. I blew his mind that day. As I've kind of been on my own little journey here about sexuality and all this coaching stuff, I've realized that we need to be talking to our kids more about sex. We need to change the dialogue from it is bad and naughty to it is so super fantastically wonderful. And under the right circumstances and timing, it can be purely amazing and unifying for a couple. I am so saddened by stories I hear of couples that struggle in this area just because they've been taught that it's bad and naughty and they carry that meaning over into their married life or that women have been taught that it's for the man and they aren't getting any pleasure out of it. So like I said in my story, we are way too open at our house anymore. Of course, Colton and Riley would cringe and joke as we're heading to bed at night saying, oh, it's smexy time and acting all repulsed by it. But then one day Colton said, hey, you know what? Good for you and dad. I hope when I've been married that long that I'm still having sex with my wife. And I'm thinking, yes, that completely changed the dialogue from cringe to openness. Well, with him anyways, Riley is still cringed out by it all. So I'm guessing my question is, where has the dialogue changed in your family life? How are you changing from the kid version of, you know, birds and the bees and the real technicality of it to now we have teenagers who are starting with boyfriends and girlfriends and trying to caution them, you know, to stay away from sex because it is something that's sacred for, you know, a committed relationship. And there are the possibilities of STDs and all those things that go with it, but still leaving that door open to the beautifulness of sex and how wonderful it can be in a relationship. Then now we have adult children who have adult serious relationships. And what does that conversation look like? I'm super curious to know. 
So head over to the socials because I would love to know at what ages did your discussion change? Have they changed? Maybe you're still teaching the same way that you always have and you feel really good about that. Maybe you have great insight on things that I can do better and different with my kids or um, just the conversations we have with other adults. I'm super curious by it all and I want to hear what you have to say about it. Another little plug I want to put in is my sexy sleepovers. That is a space that I want to have the open discussion that we talk about all the things regarding sex that maybe our moms never talked to us about, that we feel uncomfortable just bringing up to around other women. But it's a space that we can kind of just open it up to to the questions and how do you do this and what about that and it just be a real safe space for women to get together in an you know an evening environment come in your PJs we'll have snacks and talk about all the good stuff and hopefully go home with maybe some new ideas you can take to your bedroom with your partner or just some different understanding that maybe you hadn't considered before. So I will be posting dates for my next sexy sleepover and I will be um, starting this next year, I will be traveling with the sexy sleepover. So if you are not here in North Dakota, but would love to have your own sexy sleepover in your area, I would love to come to you. So reach out to me and let me know if that's something you are interested in. Otherwise, just uh, be looking on the socials, I'll be posting some dates soon, so that we can get the next few sexy sleepovers on the books and scheduled and have lots and lots of fun. Thank you for listening to the Midlife Chaos. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review. I sure would appreciate that. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. If you want to see what else we are up to, check out my Instagram at the Midlife Chaos or join our Facebook group, Midlife Chaos VIPs.